Welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Welcome back to Out of the Box Radio. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and I'm really happy that you joined me today on this program because we're going to be talking about uh, other dimensions. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? Other dimensions other than 3D? Yeah, we're going to be talking about that with my guest. Maureen St. Germain is a modern-day mystic who's become world-famous for her trainings in personal development and spiritual awakening in more than two dozen countries. She's the author of, the, of, of actually three best-selling books, She's the founder of Transformational Enterprises and the Akashic Records Guides International, uh, living herself in 5D and above, and apparently there are 12 dimensions. We're, we're going to find out a few about a few of those. She has a very unique firsthand perspective that she imparts to anyone who's interested in, in accelerating their transition into a higher dimension. She's also the author of the brand new book, Waking Up in 5D, A Practical Guide to Multidimensional Transformation. And I want to welcome officially to the show, Maureen St. Germain. Welcome to Out of the Box Radio, Maureen. Thank you. It's a real honor to be here with you. And now I, uh, I had mentioned a little bit, uh, you know, when we're talking about uh, fifth dimension and beyond, most uh, listeners to this program are really just kind of having a, a little bit of a difficult time just dealing with 3D, right? Right? Yeah. Where, where we're at right now. Yeah. And um, we're going to get into all of those different dimensions, but I want to um, first find out a little bit about your background and how how you came to know, first of all, how did you come to know that there was anything really beyond the third dimension? I'm very interested in that. Was that a, a long <laughs> journey for you? Uh, yes, no, it was not. I grew up knowing that there was other stuff going on. I grew up knowing in my head that there were ETs that I was working with. I grew up knowing uh, things that other people didn't know and feeling things that other people didn't feel. Initially, that was problematic because as a child, when you're that sensitive, everything, you know, upsets you. So, um, you know, that, that part was very tricky for my mom, but she also was very gifted, and so she understood. So it was, you know, it was a challenge dealing with a brother that my mom would say, just don't look at her then if she's going to cry when you talk to her, you know. <laughs> well, you had mentioned, too, that that um, as a child you were very sensitive, and I, I, I myself, am, uh, I have a, a great deal of empathic, um, I guess, it's not so I don't connection even, yeah 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 um I, I so so I also uh would feel uh greatly feel a lot of emotion whenever there was an event in the world even if it took place in another part of the you know on the other part of the planet things like that 
Um, mm. And growing up, it could be quite a challenge. But you had mentioned now, you had said something that you had, you knew that there were ETs. Were you, as a child, were you uh, visited by, uh, by one of these beings or just something that you innately knew? It was something I innately knew. Mm. I knew I was being watched. Mm. <clears throat> and I wasn't afraid. Um, I knew there were uh, beings watching me that were good guys, and I knew there were beings that were watching me that were bad guys. And I have to pre- preface this with, you know, I grew up in an era <clears throat> where a farm child didn't watch. I mean, you know, we may have had a TV um, um, when I was a child, but we never watched TV. It was a you know special occasion when we watched TV, like on a Sunday afternoon. So um, I wasn't influenced by something that I might have seen on TV. The only place we ever went was to church and we worked on the farm. That was it. So it wasn't like I had a lot of outside influence to make me think these strange things. But I always knew stuff. And I'll tell you something funny. When I was in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher asked me what my address was. And I looked at her and I said, I don't know. And then she said, well, what's your phone number? And I looked at her and said, why do you, why are you asking me questions that you obviously know the answer to because they're on the paper in front of you. Oh, you were in kindergarten and you were saying that. <laughs> and so she called my mother. Of course. You, you, were, put the, <laughs> you were put in the corner. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, and, and another time when I was a child, my mother had this amazing uh, gilded uh, with gold leaf book on lives of the saints. And, you know, it was like five inches thick. I mean, it was a big, heavy book. And I was constantly pouring over it. And one day it disappeared from the bookcase. And I, and I, in hindsight, figured out maybe my mom was worried that I would, you know, wear it out or something. I don't know. But when it wasn't in the bookcase, I just, I just kind of looked in the bookcase and thought, well, where is it? And I saw where it was in my mind's eye. And I got a chair, went to the closet where my mother had put it on a high shelf pulled it down, started, and just did my usual routine. And then when I was done with that, I put it back in the bookcase. My mother never hid it after that. Wow. She knew never to hide anything from you at that point. <laughs> <laughs> now, your your new book, Waking Up in 5D, A Practical Guide to Multidimensional Transformation. Let's talk about uh, these different dimensions, 5D, 4D, 3D. Let's talk about first the basic where people can really wrap their head around, obviously, where we're living in right now. Uh, uh, this world that we find ourselves in, we wake up in the morning, we're encased in this uh, uh, physical uh, body, and uh, we wake up and we think, oh my goodness, I got to get up, I got to feed the kids or feed the, the pets, uh, get ready, shower, get, 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 on the, get in the car and sit in traffic and spend my day working for somebody else. No, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're pretty much uh, pretty busy in the 3D world. Let's talk about the, the, the difference, first of all, between 3D and these other dimensions and how we can, of course, the, as the purpose of the whole book is, is to, to get people to move towards that fifth dimension. Let's talk about okay. the basics. Though. What is, so what what I, is the 3D? What I'd like to yeah. do is give people some metaphors. Think of the dimensions as a bunch of nested Russian dolls. So when you are 5D, you can see into 3D. When you are 4D, you can see into 3D. When you're 3D, you cannot see fourth or fifth. Now, everybody has been moving between those three dimensions quite a bit in the last 20 years. 
And the proof of it is you have a time when you're kind of musing and thinking. Maybe you're walking or driving or doing some mundane task and your mind wanders and you get an aha and then you call that person and they say, oh yeah, yeah, we are having a baby. You're right. And so you get these insights and you're literally slipping between the dimensions. People who are psychic and gifted are receiving information from those dimensions. So they have that channel wide open. The trick is to learn to differentiate that from your own thought and that from your angels and guides and that from your higher self so that you can have the ability to understand what's really happening. Now, the first time this happened to me, and this was my discovery, my path of discovery, stuff started disappearing. And I would ask my guidance, well, you know, where did my sunglasses go? I just put them in this drawer. They're not there. Okay, fine. You go get the spare, you go out, you do what you want to do, and you come back, and you're in a much better state because you took care of it. You open the drawer to put them away, not realizing or remembering that you're using your spare sunglasses, and there's the original pair right where you left them. And you think to yourself, what the heck? So when things started like dropping out, and we're not talking stuff like your kids take or, you know, your car keys, you come home having a little too much to drink. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, everyday stuff. It hasn't been that long since you put it down. Why is it not there? So when that started happening, I started asking, where is it? And like a typical mom, I would say, you know, well, if it's, if it's in a higher dimension, I want it back. Thank you very much. <laughs> I paid good okay, money for that. Like you would say that again. You took my scissors, put them back. I don't care that you have them, just put them back. Okay. So then my stuff would show up again. I would calm down and I would look and there it was. What I didn't realize is that it was a vibrational state. And so it is the state of mind. When you fall in love and you're in this unbelievably sweet, yummy place, that's fifth dimension. That's what it feels like to be fifth dimensional because you're in this place of compassion and tolerance and support and love. Now, the next thing that happened within a year, one of my kids came home from school. 16-year-old is the most grounded of my four sons. And he has something in his hand. He puts it in his book bag. He throws the book bag on the floor, comes in the kitchen, tells me some big story. And then he says, here, I'll show you what I'm talking about. He goes back to his book bag opens it up and it's not there. Now, because I was at home with my own family, I didn't even think about, you know, not saying something a certain way. And I just said, oh honey, it's probably in the fourth dimension. We'll just ask for it to come back. Why don't you come back in the kitchen, tell your story. By this time he's had everything pulled out of his book bag. He puts everything back, he comes back in the kitchen, finishes the story. And I said, okay, now go back and look. There it was. Wow. That's when I knew I wasn't making it up. That was how I knew because with a kid, you know, who's very grounded and very, you know, down to earth, they're not going to, I mean, you, I watched him do the whole thing. That's what I knew. And so then I started asking. And of course, if I'm doing it and you're having stuff disappear and practically everybody does, at least anybody who's interested in anything unusual, that means they are doing it too. So we're sliding. And when we slide to a higher dimension, fourth or fifth, which is the ones we're kind of occupying right now, we don't notice because everything looks the same. Here's another way you know for sure you're in a different dimension than the people around you, even though you can see them. And that is you're sitting at a traffic light. Maybe you're the third car back. 
and um, the light changes. All the people standing at the corner waiting to walk don't walk. The car in the first slot doesn't move. And because you're in a nice, yummy place, you're not honking your horn or, you know, wondering, you know, what's the matter with that guy? You're just thinking, wow, that's interesting. Wonder why they're not moving. And then they move and you forget about it. But that's you in 5D because in 5D, you are ahead in time. So you're slightly ahead. Sometimes it's a few seconds. Sometimes it could be 20 seconds. But that also started giving me the awareness of how to manipulate time. In the meantime, though, this is a way for you to mark and address how do I know where I've been or how do I know what I'm doing? Now, I uh, teach that all of humanity is becoming fifth dimensional. And in 5D, the, the quote, the rules are different. And that was the other aha I had when I began to realize that when I was, you know, holding myself in this higher state of awareness and consciousness, certain words would upset me. Certain uh, ways of speaking would, you know, like, great, you know, like when a person has a harsh voice or something. But these were specific words. And I thought, ah, there's a specific language that we can consciously choose and be proactive. So the idea of... of um, you know, choosing to be in 5D is that when you make that decision, you actually change your vibrational dial. It's like a radio. Well, you know where sometimes when you're driving too far mm-hmm. from your favorite station and then it gets a little fuzzy and you're actually getting two stations. It's kind of like that. You're actually getting more than one uh, uh, station. So then in, in 5D, you actually can be proactive to stay there. You, you know, when you're happy and blissed out, nothing can bring you down. That's the whole point. You're in that yummy state. But if something really big happens, it pushes your buttons or upsets you deeply, then you'll slide down to a lower vibration because you've tapped into that upset or frustration. And that's how we are. But we're going to reach a point where we won't need to do that. Um, and we're being... Part, do you think that we're... What I'm seeing is that we're... Um, <laughs> For better uh, word, uh, it feels that we're being uh, pushed out of the third dimension. That the the like, let's say you were talking about relationships, and in the in in a in a yummy, you know, the beginning uh, when you're when you're connected, when your hearts are connected, there is in that fifth dimensional love, uh, unconditional love, uh, absolute faith and trust and vulnerability. And yummy, yummy, yumminess, right? There's that strong right. connection where you're just thinking about the other person and they call you or they text you or um, there's this synchronicities that happen constantly between the two hearts. But right. then once in a while, when we, like you said, when we, if we get triggered, um, something happens and we maybe f- fall back on our old habits or fears, the fears mm-hmm. of the three dimensional world, which is as you, as you say, uh, the third dimension is dominated by polarization. So it's either black or white, yes or no, good or bad. And um, what I'm finding is that we're sort of uh, letting go of of the last remnants of that hold in 3D of those old fears. It's Exactly. Sometimes it's not so fun um, clearing out those old fears and pains. Maybe it's karmic, you know, from lifetimes and lifetimes, but that's what I feel that we're, we're kind of all going through right now. I'm, is, mm-hmm. Am I on onto something with that? Is it true? Yeah, you're totally on it. Okay. You've, you've elucidated it beautifully because that's exactly what's happening. We're uh, not as attracted 
to behaving badly as we used to be. And that's the key. And you're absolutely right. We are being pushed, but not pushed in like against our will kind of a thing. Oh, no. Yeah, no, More no. like the environment has shifted enough that it's just not attractive anymore. You know, if you were a smoker and then you decide you're not going to smoke anymore and you, and you succeed in kicking the habit, you know, a few years go by. And then if you walk into a smoky room, it's, it doesn't even appeal to you. You're not even attracted to it. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's that it's, it's exactly what you described. The, the support to be different is there. You know, I, I like to tell the example of, you know, there's all kinds of studies that say the kids that wear a uniform to school actually behave better. They're not so wild and woolly. So it's almost like the vibration of the, of the soup we're swimming in or the, you know, the reality we're swimming in has changed up enough that we're just not attracted to behaving badly. And also our interest in our fellow man has escalated. So we're not so interested in getting the better deal or uh, approaching a situation where like, I've got to get the upper hand, you know, doing, you know, contract negotiations or buying a car or buying a house. You're more interested in something that works for both everybody. And proof of that is Look at people who are doing real estate deals. You know, when one of my sons bought a house recently, they wrote a letter to the owner and told them what they wanted to do in this house and what they thought they would see themselves doing. They were not the highest bidder, but the owners loved their letter. Mm. And I've heard this before from other people. So the vibrational choice, you know, what's good for you and what's good for me is good for everybody. And so we're interested because maybe these people love that house so much, love the neighborhood so much, they didn't want it to just go to just anybody. They wanted someone who had a heart. And think about it, you know, even, even clothes, you know, if I have a beautiful garment um, <clears throat> that I own and I used to sew, so, you know, I didn't want my clothes that I was letting go to go to just anybody. I wanted to know they were going to somebody who was going to love them and wear them and cherish them. Oh, that, that's a great analogy. That's actually a really, really great analogy. Um, wh when you're talking to about transitioning to the fifth dimension um, and, and learning how to live intentionally, what I, what my understanding is that in the fifth dimension, obviously there is no more good, no more uh, good versus bad thinking, no more competitive striving as you were talking about, no more struggle no more linear one-way thinking and no more retaining all of the pain and regret from past hurts or, or relationships. This is huge because I find that this is what one thing that really holds a lot of people back are the past hurts, the past relationships, the past heartbreaks. So do you address that in your book, uh, Waking Up in 5D? Do you address how you can... Um, move beyond those past hurts from the 3D into the fifth dimension? Um, <clears throat> I, I do. And I, I want to clarify, um, you're absolutely right when you talk about how people use past hurts to define themselves mm. because they haven't validated themselves. So they need someone else to validate themselves so that they can feel like they're safe or real. And when you make your connection with the divine, you don't require validation from outside of you because you know who you are and you feel that you are an important being, an important 
giver of life. And I'm going to share some of the tools that I give people. I also have written other books that have a lot of information about how we deal with that blow to the heart. Someone you love does something that you totally cannot comprehend how they could have hurt you like that. And the answer is, it's, it's so you will unlock a piece of your armor around your heart, let it be shattered, and then decide, am I going to build another piece of armor? Or am I going to let my heart stay more open? And so we do that periodically to get that jump start to a whole new way of being. There are some people who come out of that bitter, but a lot of people come out of it more evolved and more compassionate for all of life because it occurs to them that their pain is what everyone else has gone through. Now, this business of defining yourself by your pain limits you, limits a person. And when they finally wake up to that, that their pain defining them limits them, limits their creativity, limits their opportunity, then they can move on and let go. But it has to do with the self-validation. So one way to do that is a very simple mantra that I tell people to say, and that is, dear God, show me how much I am loved. Mm. And you kind of move off of it. It's just little by little that hole you were in gets filled and suddenly you're looking around and the sun's shining. And that's fabulous. Um, This business of um, past hurts has another layer to it. And that has to do with the fact that when you're hurt, you think someone else has to pay. And so we use that person's going to get their comeuppance or whatever it is as if that's the validation. And again, we don't need that for validation. It's a way to understand the reality, to think, well, you know, they're going to get caught. You know, they did this to me. They did this to other people. They're going to end up in jail. And again, it's that feeling like, the only way I can accept this is if I know they're going to get punished. And when you look at the bigger picture and you realize that we're all in this together and that if we truly believe that life goes on beyond just this physical expression and that we could be possibly receiving what we sowed in the first place in another lifetime, then you know the whole thing shifts a little and you don't have to make sure that that other person gets punished or serves their time or or gets you know their next relationship is worse than the one you know that they left so <clears throat> part of what happens is you give up the need mm. to keep track of your neighbors and I'll, I'll give you a funny example and and this is on me so i'm pretty mellow when it comes to these things And I wait in line at the airport, just like everybody else. But I still don't like it if somebody cuts in front of me. And sometimes people say, oh, I've got a flight to catch. Can I cut in front of you? And then, of course, you want them to take that spot. So you say, of course, because you want someone to let you in if you ever late. There's no problem there. But what if somebody just cuts in front of you? It's just like totally ignorant. So normally I'm pretty mellow about it. But this particular day, I don't think I was having a good day. And I (laughs) said to the man who cut in front of me to get in, you know, to go through the machine, hey, you just cut in front of me. And he turned around, looked me in the eye and said, I am so sorry. 
I didn't realize you were standing there. Now, in that exact moment, he was being me to me. <clears throat> and I, I swallowed hard and I said, I am so embarrassed. I don't normally speak out. And he said, would you want to go ahead of me? And I said, no, 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 go ahead. It's fine. We're you know, both going through pretty quick. And he, when we got to the side again, he spoke to me and said, you know, that uh, he didn't realize where I was sitting. And I said, you know what? I should have just let that go. That's important for me to notice that I shouldn't be watching so closely. You know, so I took it as, a, as an opportunity for me, but it was so cool. And that's what I'm talking about. You, you changed the dynamic. You changed the energy right there. You noticed, you recognized it. Mm-hmm. So it is nice to call things out. And I do tell people to call it out, you know, especially when you're with your family and friends that you want to be with and you know have the same intention as you to call them out and say, hey, you know, when you do this, such and such happens. Now, it's up to you to, um, you know, inspire them. If they want to change, great. If they don't, then you have to decide, do I want to keep putting up with it or do I want to, you know, pull back? But also, do, but also don't do tit for tat or don't, 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 if someone throws fire at you, you can say, hey, you know what, when you threw the fire at me, that really hurt. Exactly. Instead of throwing exactly. fire back and going, really? <clears throat> well, I think you're a blah, 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 <laughs> which is what we do. People, humans do this, right? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I forgot about that part, that people do that. And oh. I honestly forgot because I'm like in this other zone. Well, no, and they, it's yeah, so even, true. Because, even when you're in the in you know, traffic, when, when you're in traffic and somebody honks at you, you know, you, I've seen people, they, I've seen people getting road rage over somebody, you know, cutting in front of them, whatever. What's happened to me so many times is, because I drive a lot, um, someone will cut in front of me and I will not, I won't automatically think that they're just trying to mess with me. <laughs> I'll say, oh, they didn't see me or, yeah. oh, they must be in a hurry and I'll back off. But other people exactly. might, other people and might flip the them the bird. Right. Exactly. Right. It's the self-talk that makes it, uh, that starts to shift our energy. So saying those things is absolutely perfect. When people honk at me, I saw a, a, a birthday card once where a woman was sitting in traffic and the light had turned green and there were all these cards behind her honking. Okay, that's the cartoon, the setup. And it says, you know, I was sitting in traffic uh, the other day thinking about you and your birthday and every and then you open the card and it says, and everybody started honking in celebration. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and so I said it to my, my um, stepfather who thought it was absolutely hilarious because he does, you know, he used to think that I was that way. And from that point forward, anytime somebody honked, I would say, oh, they must like me. And I deliberately changed the energy it instantly because it's, it is up to us to interpret the reality the way we want it to be, not the way this person intended, but the way we want it to be. And that same person one time said to me, oh, you're just like your mother. And I turned to him and I looked at him and I said, thank you. That's one of the nicest things you've ever said. And before I could finish that sentence, my mother says, no, I don't think he meant it that way. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I get to receive how I want. I don't have to take it the way he intended. I get to receive it how I want. And that's taking charge of your reality. And that's what part of this book is about. It's learning that we can take charge of the reality. And a lot of that has to do with this whole idea of I have to. I have to go to work. I have to pick up the kids from daycare. I have to do this. I have to meet my friend. And I want, that's one of the things I tell them, let's banish that word from your vocabulary. None of us have to do anything. None of us have to do anything, especially in America. 
There is nobody holding a gun to your head so that you pick up your kids on time. There is a consequence if you're late. You either pay a fine or your kid is upset, but there's something that happens. So you choose to pick up your kids on time because it makes you happy to take care of your child well. And that's, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, I have to leave now because I have to go pick up my kid. But what if you just said, I'm going to pick up my kid? I'm leaving now, not I have to. And oh, just omit the right. have to word. Right. And the thing about have to is there's this whole thing with mass consciousness. And we've been pulled along like a freight train, like a school of fish, where we've been <clears throat> pulled into what I call mass consciousness thinking. And every time we, we do that have to thing, we're saying that there's a power over us that controls us. And we've become subject. And that unknown power is all the stuff that we are brainwashed to think we have to have or do or be. And when we decide, just like when someone's rude to us in traffic, oh, they're having a bad day. Oh, they, they didn't see me. Or I thought I was in a hurry. They're in a bigger hurry. Wow. You know, I mean, it's, just, it's so interesting. All you have to do is reframe it. And that reframe bounces you back up into a higher vibration. And that higher vibration attracts more of the higher vibration stuff. So the number one incentive, even if you don't understand any of this stuff, even if you go, what the heck, this stuff is so wacky, is to say to yourself, you know what? I want more of the yummy, juicy stuff. And this lady says, if I purposefully change my language, change my thought, change my reaction, I'm going to get more of it, I'm in. Yeah. And that's the end. That's what we're really talking about. We, all of us are shifting and moving. And as you said, you know, we're kind of being nudged. It's more like it's in the vibration is, is making it easier to be well uh, centered and loving today than it was before. And because the vibration of the earth is changing, it's easier for us to fall in line with that. But it's still incumbent upon us to reinterpret the reality in a way that makes us happy. You can interpret the reality in a way that makes you sad, or you can interpret the reality in a way that makes you happy. Well, and you're, and we're, to, yeah, and we're given, and we're, and we're given um, little pop quizzes, you know, every every day, and it's like, it's it, it's not a it's not a matter of like passing or failing, okay, and it's not like it's not like a test test, but w you're given these opportunities throughout the day, and sometimes you slip. Maybe um, I, I, when you were talking about the the whole thing with uh, with like being in traffic, uh, not long ago, I remember I went to the I went to the gym, and uh, after doing a little workout. I uh, was getting uh, put on my uh, swim swim outfit. I was going to go to the pool, and I was in the you know the ladies' locker room on my way out to the pool. And as I was walking to go out to the uh, the pool area, now I wear I wear swim you know trunks, shorts, whatever, and like a little tank top because I feel comfortable in that. Okay, so as I'm walking out, this elderly uh, woman uh, was was coming in from the the pool area, and she looked at me. And she said, no, no, no. And, 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 I, and I'm, I was like looking at her like, what, what? And, and she goes, no, this is the ladies locker room. You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here. And she was very, very visibly upset. And I looked at her and I said, no, I said, I, I'm, I'm a woman. I'm, 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 I'm okay to be here. And she said, no, 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 you're not. You're a man. <laughs> and I, I literally, like, I went to pull my, my, like, to, oh, I grabbed my breasts, basically, because I got angry then. I slipped, <laughs> okay? I slipped, and I got angry, and I grabbed my breasts, and I go, I'm a woman. <laughs> and she, and she looked, and then she got, like, very, very 
um, embarrassed and ashamed. So I go to the pool. I'm doing my laps. I'm angry, right? I don't know why I'm angry. I'm just like, you know, damn it. I just want to work out. And I, I was, I felt icky about that exchange. <laughs> so, so I come back in and I'm like, all right, you know, I'll just, uh, that was just a weird thing that happened. And do you know, this, this little old woman was sitting there waiting for me. And she just looked at me with these eyes of absolute regret. And, and she said, I am so, so sorry that I said that to you. I apologize. Please forgive me. And I just, I just like grabbed her and hugged her. And I said, of course, I said, don't you worry about a thing. I said, I'm not offended. Now, my reaction could have been, oh yeah, well, F you, you made my day miserable or whatever. But the, yeah. the fact that, and the fact that she stopped and she, we, we had a moment there that we wouldn't have had, had she not done that. We both, we, in other words, we both grew be, uh, from that interaction instead of it, and, us both spiraling out. And you know what? She probably was accosted by a man and didn't feel safe around men. Exactly. And, and so, you know, you know, I think uh, I'm going to make a, I hope this is a funny joke. I think small breasted women are in now. So I'm not even that small breasted. <laughs> no, she, you know what it is is she saw, I have, I have short blonde hair. <laughs> oh, listen, your hair then. That was Excuse the thing me. that shocked me. I was like, are you kidding? I was a little offended. I'm like, my, my breasts are fantastic. What are, what's your problem? <laughs> I think it was okay, cultural so too. Funny. I think it was cultural okay, too. Yeah, she I, was, I believe, I think she was, uh, um, she was an elderly Asian woman. And I think, uh, j- just my, my body shape, uh, the fact that I was wearing shorts and not a bathing suit, not a bikini, um, and wow. my hair, she just caught me. Um, but what was funny is, was when I was talking to her, she still thought I was a man. I was like, Are you, I, I would be a very, very beautiful man if I was. <laughs> <laughs> Very large man boobs. <laughs> oh my goodness! But at least uh, a, the beautiful uh, thing was, I mean, the the fact that she stayed. I mean, that was a yeah. good that was a good fifteen twenty minutes that she stayed in that locker room waiting for me, and she just she felt so um, she she just felt you know ashamed of her behavior. Sure, right. You want to make sure that you were okay. And yeah. That's the yes. Thing. Yes. Now, exactly. This is. This is what I describe in the book, and this is what I mean when I say there are no affronts in 5D. What happens in 5D is that when you do something that causes angst or disrespect or hurt to someone, you feel it in yourself. Now, initially, she wasn't 5D, but she was able to tap into it enough to feel how you felt, which is why she was deeply moved to stay and clean that up. And that's what's happening. So we're shifting so that, for example, even if she thinks you're a man, when she first looks at you, she, you know, in 5D, she might look at you and say, are you a man? And you would laugh and say, no, it's just my haircut or something. You know, you wouldn't even... You wouldn't even hear it that way. So she's coming from her place of woundedness, let's say, of having been accosted by men or something. 
that you know that creates that that feeling you know and the signals were crossed in her mind but she felt what you felt which is why she wanted to make it right exactly and that's what's happening and when you're 5D when you do something especially at the early er- you know edges of 5D when you first do something that that causes someone some kind of discomfort you are so aware that you are mortified and you want to fix it. And I'll give you another story that's very, very interesting. When I teach people how to open up the Akashic Records, and I do that a lot, I do that all over the world, um, I teach people how to first connect with their own higher self, and then I teach them how to connect with the Akashic Records. And it's a different vibration. The Akashic Records are this body of knowledge of all that is. So one of the exercises I do is I have people ask the same question from their higher self, and then ask the same question in the Akashic Records so they can see the difference. They can start to identify how those answers are different. So she's talking in the um, about a situation at home where she has this 30-something daughter who hasn't left home yet. She has a trust fund. Her father passed away, but they left them all plenty of money. The other siblings that are younger have long flown the coop. And the mother's living in this house with her daughter, and they're at odds at each other. And... The mom really just wants her to move and find her own place. And the daughter is like digging in her heels. The mother's not fighting with her about moving, but she is fighting with her in general because they're disagreeing about, you know, where stuff goes and stupid stuff. Okay. So she asks what she should do about this of her own inner guidance, her higher self. And the answer is that she needs to be more patient. She needs to be kinder and more loving. Okay. When she opens up into the Akashic Records, which is a very high vibration, not only did they tell her those things, but then they showed her how frightened her daughter was to leave home. And when she felt that, she started to cry. And then she got the awareness of how much this daughter was devoted to her and that she would always be there for her, which had not occurred to her. You know, if you're not Asian, that doesn't occur to you, you know. I want to. You had mentioned the. Uh, you had mentioned the Akashic records, and I completely forgot that that's what. That's something that you're you're world renowned for. I, 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 I'm talking to you, of course. We're talking about your new book, Waking Up in Five D: A Practical Guide to Multidimensional Transformation. But now you opened up a whole box here with the Akashic records. Can you explain to out of the box listeners um, what the exactly what the Akashic records are, and does everybody have a record mm-hmm. <laughs> that's such a basic yeah. question but i mean you yeah, know yeah yeah no it's what it's the hell cool. are you talking I mean, about <laughs> part, of, part of the fact that i'm so plugged in is because i've done so much work in this realm so let's talk about that for just a second the kashuk records are in the 11th dimension i mean we're here we are in five and the 11th dimension is very very advanced but think of the akashic records as a library of all that is and everyone has their own book, you, you could say. And the famous a mystic um, from the 40s, Edgar Cayce, said that the Akashic Records were the book of life. Now, each of us have our own record that I'll call resident record. And then we're also part of the grand scheme of things of the Akashic Records. And when we go into the Akashic Records, it's like going into a... Um, reference library you never take anything out there's always a reference librarian that's bringing you the information you need and so you're always working in an environment 
where you're able to ask a question and receive answers that help you understand life. And the more people have the capacity to understand their life, the more compassionate they become towards everything that's going on in their life. So the Akashic Records became available to humanity about 40 years ago. And a dispensation was granted from a higher realm so that we could tap into this resource base and move to our next level a little easier. It's kind of like saying, here's the manual to life. Here's the information on why so-and-so behaves this way to you. And in so doing, it creates the ability to not get so worked up when crap happens and stuff does happen, right? I love that. <laughs> you know, one of the stories I tell about the Akashic Records, and it's a real classic, is a woman who is a regular client of mine, came every month, and I'm in passing, she says, oh, by the way, you know, I'm moving into a two-bedroom apartment, and I've got this new roommate. He's a great gay guy, my friend of my friends. He's moving here from L.A., blah, blah, blah. And I just want to know how that's going to work out. And through me, because I, I'm a channel at that point, through me, the record keeper said, well, it'll be fine until the luster wears off. And she screamed, luster? What luster? Does that mean he's not going to stay? And they said, yeah. And she said, well, when will he leave? And they said, July. And she said, of what year? Because July was just two months away. And so then, after we you know, go that far, then she says, maybe I shouldn't rent to him. You know, we're not moving in until next week. And the answer was, keep your date with this man because mm. his exit will lead you to the roommate of your dreams. Oh, I just got chills on that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Full chills. Yeah. Full chills. So some, yeah. So can you imagine having everything go kerfluey? And it did. The guy ended up getting involved in drugs and didn't pay his rent and, you know, got fired from his job and, you know, everything fell apart and he was gone. And, but then she met this phenomenal person who wanted to be in New York and she rented to her and these two women became best friends. They had, you know, every, every week they had a special night where they hung out together. It was great. That never would have happened. It's like when you, it's like if you're in a relationship with somebody and they are absolutely, you know, something happens and they break your heart and you're like, Oh my God, I've never had my heart shattered this way before. You, you, you lose faith in people. You're like, and it's, and it's, but it, it, it's setting you up for the love of your life. Mm-hmm. When you don't close down and you say, you know what? Okay. I, I'm, and you don't put hate or anger towards that person that caused you the pain. You, right. you don't have to deal with that anymore. You don't have to be abused anymore or, or, or suffer anymore, but you don't have that energy, uh, that, the, that energy cord uh, of, oh, I hate that person for hurting me or uh, I wish them ill. You just, you, you, you cut that energy cord and you say, oh my, you know, I, I'm going to work on loving myself and putting my heart back together, but not, um, n- you know, n- not having the frame of mind that everyone's out to get you. But then the next person that comes around so you needed to go through that experience to, to know. And basically what I look at it is this way too, is that um, whenever anybody in my life has ever hurt me or treated me uh, poorly is that I know what I am not now. I know what love is not. So when I see, when I find love or when I um, connect with somebody, I I know 
what I don't know how how do I explain it? It's almost like you. Uh, it's easier to see what you're looking for. It's easier, exactly. It's easier to recognize mm-hmm. it, and you would never also ever want to inflict that kind of pain or harm on another human being because you yourself have gone through it. Now you could go the other way. You could say somebody's hurt me, so I'm going to hurt everybody. But for the most part, um, when you are, I guess, when you are kind of trying to live in that 5D, and you, if you're conscious of it or not, or not, you have that. Um, uh, ability to do that. So, so mm-hmm. back to the Akashic records. So, can any can can people access? Yeah, those the dispensation records? made it possible for anyone to learn, and people learn very easily. Um, it's always surprising to a person when they learn to open the records that it comes so easily. Um, I'm sure that part of it is you know the vibration that I have and I receive because I was. Um, <clears throat> given guidance that I would do this and that I would be a conduit for others. Um, And I teach people in a way that allows them to see and hear and feel it. And then because they get that information, they're able to do it. You know, I, I teach an online course. I actually have an online course that's coming up um, where people can take, uh, Akashic Records online with me, and it's a four-week course. They have to do their homework, and I'm I'm pretty um, I push people, you know, for sure. But it's surprising at how easily it comes. Um, <clears throat> the thing is, everybody's moving to this more evolved state, as you have already observed. And when you have the handbook, this waking up in 5D, what happens is you're able to understand your behavior. You're able to understand your friend's behavior and you can choose to be proactive. You know, for example, I tell people, you know, tell your story. He done me wrong three times and then you're out. Don't tell it again mm. because if you tell it over and over, it defines who you are. And that's not who you are. It's just it's a it's an experience you went through and you're choosing to be different now, you know, and then pay attention to the words you use. Pay attention to the passion you put into words that are hurt or, or helpful and, and change it around so that everything's different. Um, I tell people, don't say this is the right way or this is, that's wrong. Instead, just say, I found this works really well. Yes, or yes. that's my preference <coughs> or that's a match for me or I'm not big on that kind of movie. That's, that's not a match for me. Instead of saying those movies are really bad for you, you know, this this works for me in my in my experience. This has worked for me, type thing. Exactly, exactly. And you had or mentioned, even just that's a match. I like that. You had mentioned too that uh, that you you guide people to the Akashic records, and you're having an upcoming. I wanted to make sure that I let people know your website too, so they can find out more about you. It's uh, you, you can go to MaureenStGermain.com. That's MaureenStGermain.com, and it's M-A-U-R-E-E-N-S-T-G-E-R-M-A-I-N.com. Again, um, for those of you who are just tuning in, my guest is Maureen St. Germain. Uh, she's the author of Waking Up in 5D, A Practical Guide to Multidimensional Transformation. And, um, and you can go to her website definitely to schedule an appointment with her or to find out about some of the upcoming uh, online events and what you were talking about. That's a course that you're doing on the Akashic mm-hmm. records, correct? 
Yes, that is correct. I also have a blog that I would highly recommend people subscribe to, and that's maureenstgermain.blog, B-L-O-G. And I also have free meditations on my website uh, for people. You know, there's this big thing about politics, and people always have lots of criticisms about whoever the latest politician is and what they're doing that you don't like. And my uh, observation to that is, okay, fine. You know, we pray for our kids. We pray for the elderly. We pray for our family members when they're in trouble. Why aren't we praying for the politicians? They probably need it more than anybody. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lovely 10-minute meditation where it calls in all leaders to be uh, vibrating at a higher place. And when we pray for each other, it does work. So, you know, just think if we all started doing a little meditation and it, it doesn't say what the name of the leader is or anything like that. It just says, you know, the leader at this level, at this level, at this level, including your boss, you know, and let's pray for that person, too. So it's very cool. Um, and that's just a freebie that I want people to have. And I always get lots of downloads on that. Um, <clears throat> you know, I want to share with the audience a couple of tools that they can use to uh, help them. Please be do. in that Please. fifth dimensional place. And, and, and also to help you understand that this book, Waking Up in 5D, is, first of all, a way to understand the reality that helps you make sense of what's going on around you and why things are changing so dramatically. And secondly, to be at the front of the curve instead of at the back end thinking, why is the traffic going in the other direction all of a sudden? You know, you have this, this awareness. Um, one of the tools is a simple prayer that I encourage people to say every day, and that is, I'm asking for a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I'm in contact with. And then, if you want, you can say, and everyone I'm in contract with. Because maybe you're not in contact with that person, every person you're in contract with, but you start making that prayer, and then all of you get elevated, like a, you know, a, a whole platform raises up. Like in the theater. <laughs> mm. uh, I love that. I love that because uh, you're putting also, you. what I like is that you're putting the responsibility back on yourself too mm -hmm. with everything, how you react in the world, how you interact with people and what you put out in the world because it's so easy. I, I, I Here's an example. I know uh, there's, there's, I'm not going to name any names, but there's a person that I know. How's that? There's a person that I know that every time I see them, uh, the only thing that comes out of them is the negative. I mean, absolutely, the, there's, there, it's always complaining about other people, um, there, there's their situation, how life is so hard, um, uh, just absolute complaining, 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 to the point where now, because I'm, I'm very sensitive already, I pick up energy, it's hard for me to even like if I see this person, I, I want to go the other way. I want to walk. Yeah. I want to walk away. <clears throat> and it's not because I don't like this person. They're they're. I mean, they're wonderful and they have wonderful qualities. My gosh, but the uh, overwhelming negativity is just. It's so overwhelming. It's so um, powerful that I physically can't can't be in the same space. Well, I have a couple of things to say about that. There are people that do carry negative energies that can be cleared. And I wrote a little book on that called Reweaving the Fabric of Your Reality and how you can clear someone remotely and help them release those energies that are driving that darkness. 
Um, but in addition, you know, if, if you're in a public environment and that person's a friend and, you know, there's 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 lots of stuff going on and you can't really avoid them um, for whatever reason, then you beat them to the punch. So <clears throat> what you do is when when they start to talk about something negative, you jump in, you cut them off and you jump in. You go, yeah, I know. I used to feel that way, too. But then I figured out this. Mm. So you agree with them. You make them right. And then you say, yeah, but I'm doing this and it worked, you know, and, and it, it either will cause them to stop talking or it will cause them to shift. And the thing is, if if there are energies that need to be cleared, sometimes I'll just leave because you're they're around the positive energy. But it's always helpful to be proactive and clear the entities. And secondly, <clears throat> when you cut them off, you're basically saying, you know, you can get attention, but not this way anymore. We'll give you attention because a lot of times it's just to get attention. And even they don't know it. It's just a habit, you know. And once they learn that they can get attention by telling cool stories, you know, um, it changes everything. That's the challenge, isn't it? That's um... Well, I know I know a radio guy that I've interviewed with a bunch of times. And the first time, you know, he hung up on me and said, on, on the air, remind me to never have her again. You know, and the next time he had me, I, I did... I did, you know, my, my prep work and I did my meditation. And when he went into his, you know, his critical negative attitude energy, I just agreed with him. Oh, yeah, I, I totally get that. I'm with you. You know, I understand all that. And then blah, blah, blah. And this is how it worked for me. And this is why I think that. And did he come around? Well, he he had nothing. Le- so he moved on to another area. You know, <laughs> we went through, you know, lots of areas. But the point is, I did not feel defeated. I did not feel stepped on. I did not feel hurt. You know, I don't know what color your hair is, but my, I always tell people, you know, you can, did you know you could never insult a blonde? <laughs> what? You want to know why? Why? They only hear compliments. from one blonde to another like that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's so funny because once you hear that you could choose to only hear a compliment, you know, you're you know, um <clears throat> I love to tell the story about the one time my mother criticized something I was wearing and told me it made me look fat. And I looked at her and I said, "Mother, I'm pretty sure most people know I'm overweight. But I want to look fashionable and I think this particular accessory makes me look really hip (laughs) (laughs) you turned it around and I truly I truly was not upset I I I could see her concern for me you know well honey you know I only say these things because I I want you to look your best and I and I smile I go yeah I know and this is how I think my best is (laughs) that's that's so what oh my gosh that's so fantastic maureen i'm 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 curious too uh, what sign are you gemini you're gemini but i've got all these rising signs i'm like six signs you have a rising sign on the cusp of of sag and then a capricorn with rising something i don't know but this i've got like six signs that i get the benefit of so you get you get, you're like kind of a, a, a like well, i'm not gonna say a mutt but yeah you're kind of like you kind yeah, of have a little like bit a of, of the astrology of the uh, horoscope yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. And there's even this whole thing about astrology with out of bounds that you can know if your planets, you know, are, are, are in the ecliptic or out of bounds. And if you're out of bounds, you know, you have unusual qualities or unusual ways of being. And most most people don't have any. And a few people have one. Some people have two. I have four. 
oh, hey, I got five planets in Scorpio. So I, yeah, well, I, I figured that out by the um, by the uh, uh, login with Skype. So yeah, we're t- people don't know my login with Skype, my picture. I have a beard. It's just you know what? It's just it's 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 a salute. It's a nod. It's a tip of my hat to my masculine side and the, and the male that I was many, 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 many lifetimes is all it is. Right. Oh. Right, I hear you. Maureen, it has been an absolute pleasure uh, talking with you today. And I really hope, I hope um, I can have you back on and have our listeners hear more from you in the future. You're, you're welcome back at any time uh, to Out of the Box Radio. So uh, again, folks, uh, my guest this hour has been Maureen St. Germain. She is the author. Go out and get this book, okay? You can, uh, Amazon will have it. I'm sure you can uh, find it at your local uh, bookseller. It's Waking Up in 5D, A Practical Guide to Multidimensional Transformation. Actually, look up Maureen St. Germain and get all of her books if you can. Uh, You can find out more about her at MaureenStGermain.com. Thank you again so much, Maureen. I I just really appreciate you. You just brightened up my day a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) And you mine. Thank you so much. And you have a day of heaven on it. Thank you so much. All right, listeners, that's it for this week's Out of the Box Radio. Make sure that you tune in next week. And if you don't want to miss an episode, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or better yet, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Out of the Box Radio. And then when the show is posted there, you can share it easily on your social media. You can send the interview out in emails uh, and get the, the word out about my guest and in particular about today's guest. Maureen St. Germain. I would love that. Thanks again and see you next week. Until then, don't forget to always, always, always think out of the box. Bye for now.